Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. The zombie genre has been done to death, with many things like the George A. Romero films for the slow zombies, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake, which spawned its own type of fast-moving zombie genre. We also have The Walking Dead, which while I love the show, it's on life support and we all know it will be ending soon. Zack Snyder had an idea around the time he directed the Dawn of the Dead remake for a zombie heist film. That surprisingly isn't as ridiculous as it sounds. So let's jump into it. This is the 2021 Zack Snyder directed Army of the Dead. Before we actually jump into the episode, I do want to give a spoiler warning. There may be some very minor spoilers here. I'm going to do my best to try to stay vague in a lot of ways. There still is some things I want to go in depth too, so if you want to go in with a completely clear mind, then you may want to wait a week to listen to this one. It is in theaters right now in all Cinemark theaters. It's also streaming on Netflix next week, which would be May 21st, 2021. So, with that spoiler warning out of the way, I think we can finally get into the episode. The actual story of the film is kind of lifted from Return of the Living Dead. That was kind of the feel I got from it. The army's developing zombie bioweapons. Of course, one escapes. One thing that ran through my head is the fact that blowjobs in a horror film always lead to a bad situation. It did so in the Stephen King, um, excuse me, Richard Bachman novel, Thinner. Of course, that was turned into a movie. Both Army of the Dead and Thinner, they use the same catalyst for starting the story. Is there a connection? Nope, it's just something that I thought of. If we're gonna go that far, we might as well say about how sex in horror films always leads to a bad situation as well. It seems like all that stuff is a big no-no when it comes to horror films. The core of the story here is a simple heist movie, except we have zombies and Las Vegas is ground zero. We have a nice little montage of all the zombie carnage that starts with a Liberace impersonator not realizing all happening behind him. It's also a fun way to kick off the opening montage which is set to Viva Las Vegas. It's humorous seeing a topless showgirl zombie, well three of them, chasing a guy down a hallway. We also get an Elvis impersonator zombie. Snyder is really having fun here. It's great to see. Through the opening montage we are introduced to most of our heroes. We're shown that they receive medals of honor for their killing and bravery. We also see one that we're introduced to that doesn't make it out due to the walling off of Las Vegas, as that would now be a dead city, literally. I can't help but think about the satire. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so the zombies are staying in Vegas. Of course I didn't have to explain that, but I kind of wanted to. The way the opening montage is done, it reminds us of his opening to the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. It's actually an awesome opening. It's one of my favorite openings to any horror film. This one I don't feel is as good, but it's still fun either way. It's good to see Zack Snyder having fun again with the material. I'm not saying that he didn't have fun with the DCEU, it's just it's a different feel overall. We do get a lot of slow motion shots in this opening. It works perfectly fine. Zack Snyder has been criticized for his use of slow motion in films. He uses it very sparingly throughout the movie. We don't get a whole bunch of that. I know that's a big criticism from people. I never had a problem with it because a lot of times those slow motion shots lead to some really beautiful shots. 
A good example of how Zack Snyder used slow motion to a strength in one of his films would be his version of Justice League. The scene with the Flash, it's easily one of the best shots in the whole movie. We don't quite get some of the amazing, awe-inspiring shots like that in this film, but what's here works really well. I'll get to that in a little bit. Since Army of the Dead is a simple heist movie, there isn't really much new here on actual story or even character development. I guess the strongest part is Dave Bautista's character of Scott Ward. He is a decorated hero who received the Medal of Honor, yet is working as a cook at a greasy spoon diner. I can't help but think this is trying to say that the US doesn't treat our military and war heroes as well as we should. Either way, Scott Ward here is thinking that if he can walk away with the 50 million promised to him in the vault, he might be able to straighten out his life not only for himself, but straighten out his relationship with his daughter. Speaking of the cast, I think Zack Snyder put together a pretty good cast here. We have Ella Purnell as Scott Ward's daughter, Kate Ward. Omari Hardwick as Vanderhoe, who would be the muscle of the group. Anna De La Regura as Scott Ward's former love interest who is going on the mission to get closer to Scott. Garrett Dillahunt, who you may know from the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show, The Terminator Show. Also, Fear the Walking Dead. He's here as someone we can see as a villain from a mile away. Tig Notaro is here as the pilot, which we'll get to soon. Matthias Schweighofer is the safecracker. Nora Arnitzer is a person who gets people in and out of a zombified Las Vegas. She also knows a lot about the new zombie civilization. Rounding out the cast here, we have two YouTube stars, influencers played by Raul Castilla as Mikey Guzman and Samantha Wynn as Chambers that are along for promotion of their channel and ability to simply kill zombies. Hiroruki Sanada plays Bly Tanaka, who wants his money retrieved from the safe. The whole cast here is enjoyable for the most part. I didn't really want to see any of them die. We have moments of humor between them all, which sometimes works, it's sometimes groan-worthy. Zack Snyder shared writing duties on the script. He wasn't lucky enough to have a James Gunn script here. It would have been nice to see some better dialogue or better setup. Either way, it's really a minor complaint for me. This is a fun movie. It didn't hinder my enjoyment for the film at all. Anyone who's been following this film knows that actor-comedian Chris D'Elia was originally a part of this. He was accused of grooming a minor and was removed from Army of the Dead. He was replaced by another comedian, Tig Notaro. Since the movie was already shot, Zack Snyder removed Chris D'Elia digitally and digitally inserted Tig Notaro. She could not be a part of a reshoot because of COVID. It's very impressive they were able to make it at least convincing that Tig Notaro is in the scene when she is in reality not there at all. They even went as far as using a CGI version of her in some of the group scene. It's not entirely seamless, but it's at least convincing. I don't know where I stand on whether Chris D'Elia should have been removed, but I understand not wanting the controversy of having him in the movie, as the focus would have been on that and not on the film itself. Either way, I think Tig Notaro was a decent replacement, as I enjoyed her deadpan and unemotional delivery of the lines. Not only that, in her personal life she has been through hell with cancer and is lucky to be alive, so good for her in snagging a role in a blockbuster zombie film. Now, let's get on to the zombies themselves. 
We get the best of both worlds here. We get slow zombies that can hibernate. We also get the fast moving ones that have built their own society there in Las Vegas. Snyder managed to make the scenes with the slow ones and the fast ones equally intense. We get a slow walk through hibernating zombies that is almost a real life version of the game Operation. I know it's not a good comparison, but that's almost what it reminded me of. I almost wanted to have a buzzer go whenever one of the zombies was touched. This scene right here is probably one of my favorite ones in the movie. Not only is it tense, it's also impressive because the whole scene itself is dark and has a blue tint to it. It winds up getting lit up when they're shooting the zombies with the guns. Then we get blasted with some flashes of bright orange. It's a really awesome scene. It adds to the whole intensity of the movie. It's really well done. For anybody that criticizes Zack Snyder's direction, I think all they have to do is watch this scene alone and you'd be impressed. Outside of the human zombie sprint throughout the casino at the end of the movie, it's easily one of my favorites. That ending scene is one of the most impressive as well. It goes and it uses the Zack Snyder slow motion to great use. We have lots of shots with just money blowing through the air in slow motion. It's great. It almost leads to the there's no easy way to get rich type of idea that goes throughout this movie. They're not really thieves, but they're breaking in to get this money for hopes of a better tomorrow. Well, maybe there's no easy way to actually get that money. It reminded me a little bit of a morals tale. Maybe I'm seeing a little bit too far into the movie. Maybe I'm thinking a little too deep into it, but it's definitely there if you wanna think about it that way. On a positive note on the zombies themselves, Zack Snyder did go a practical route the, as much as what he could here. Of course, we do have that CGI zombie tiger, which looks a lot better than it did in the trailer. Maybe it's because I saw it in the theater, I have no idea. Either way, it was a pretty impressive creation. The zombies themselves, I think the makeup on them look great. We get tons of blood and gore here. It's not over the top with all the blood and gore, but some of the stuff is pretty nasty looking. There is some nice emotion at the end of the movie too. I think it was carried across pretty well. What Zack Snyder was trying to do, it was again another scene. Just like the theme in Justice League where the relationship between parent and child. Zack Snyder revisited that a little bit here too. I think it was really well done. I know one of the major complaints of the film itself was that it's over long at two and a half hours roughly two and a half hours. I myself didn't find myself bored one bit. I was expecting it to slog a little bit, especially in the early setup parts of the film, but it didn't. I can't really see where I would want to see a version with any of the scenes cut out. The movie was enjoyable enough that with the two and a half hours here, I enjoyed my time with it. I don't know if I would have gone with the leaving it open for a sequel, as it did leave it open for a sequel. It seems Netflix really wants to spin this off into a franchise and series in its own right. I don't have any issues or problems with that. We're getting another film in the Army of the Dead series. It's not going to be horror. It can't possibly be horror. We're also getting an animated spinoff as well. I don't know if that's a sequel or a prequel. I think it's another prequel. I could be wrong on that though. I did almost forget to mention another scene in the movie that I did like. That's where you find out that there 
is a bunch of teams that were trying to steal this money before our current team. It's an interesting idea where where Vanderho says, what if they're stuck in a time loop? What if they were a team that went in there before? It was actually them, but from a different timeline. It was a fascinating thing to think about. It would have been interesting had they gone that route. I don't see where it would have worked for the movie itself, but it would have been interesting either way. It would have had people talking, I can guarantee you that. Whether it would have been good or bad talk, I'm not sure. But it was just a fascinating thing to actually think about in the movie. The last two things I'm going to talk about on this one is the fact that Zack Snyder's music choice is on point. I really liked his choice of music. He always picks good songs for a film. That's no different here. He really did pick some good selections. It's interesting to hear some acoustic versions of some well-known songs that we've heard before. He did, of course, use the Cranberries version of Zombie, which I thought was actually a pretty cool choice to use. The ending itself, the actual ending, I thought was pretty cool. As I said, it led to a very open ending, so they could make sequels if they wanted. I, myself, am using this as a prequel to Dawn of the Dead. I know that he said that it it's not a part of the Dawn of the Dead series, but you know what? Until you make another movie, another sequel, I'm gonna say this is how it all started. It's kind of like how I think Super 8 really is in the Cloverfield universe, even though J.J. Abrams says it's not. The actual ending reminded me a little bit of the ending to Reservoir Dogs. However, just with a darker slant. I don't think the ending overall was too dark. I know some critics have said that it's a nihilistic dark ending. I didn't get that. Either way, this movie was a bunch of fun. I really recommend checking it out any way you can. If you do have the means, the time, I recommend going to see it in theaters. This is a movie that deserves to be seen on the big screen. I think it will actually enhance your enjoyment of the film itself. If you do have to watch it on Netflix, it's still going to be a fun movie. It's been almost 20 years since Zack Snyder directed Dawn of the Dead. It's been far too long. He really did need to make a return to horror and the zombie genre in general. Welcome back, Zack. It's been far too long. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I do have a website, which is adamanalyzes.com. You can catch up on some past episodes there or at the podcast listening platform of your choice. With that as well, if you're enjoying my podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to continue making new episodes, reach new listeners, as well as... It'll make me feel good because I love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.